With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite show about best ball, fantasy hockey here with the great Matt Moody, um, ready to cover a lot of data, a lot of information, going to get a look at it. I have some thoughts, um, and then we're going to go into a draft. Matt, I thought I had everything that you prepared ready to go, and then I was like, all right, uh, I got it, I'm ready, and you're like, actually, I did a whole bunch more, so let me just share my screen. So how are we feeling? How was your weekend? Because I'm sure it was a lot more uh, productive than mine. Yeah, we're feeling great. Um you know, uh, we got the data late Thursday night, and by Friday, I had stuff ready to go, and I've been slowly adding to it. Uh, honestly, didn't find much willpower on Saturday or Sunday to do a ton, um, but we fired it back up and have even more, you know, beyond just recreating the data we looked to last year. So hopefully, if you were, you know, around for the past year, you remember us in DJ's four pillars of drafting and all the sort of discussion that went on there. Uh, we were able to sort of review those findings, uh, basically continue that work and expand into other areas. So um, a lot of cool stuff so far, a lot of good feedback and good conversation already. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, hopefully the viewers and anyone in the MSP Discord and, you know, we can continue that sort of uh, advancement of our understanding of this game that is a lot of fun. But quite frankly, we've had, you know, relatively little uh, raw data to work with and, you know, not a lot of years or anything. So it's not like we're dealing with 25 years of fantasy football, you know, turning into best ball. Like This is, you know, a pretty new thing for a lot of people, especially at the scale that Underdog uh, offers. So um, learning a lot, and really, uh, this is this is my time to shine. I think because this is what I enjoy doing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, it, I was, you know, pounding on the door like underdog. I would love the data at any day now. And they're like, "What day do you leave for a bachelor party?" Oh, perfect. We're gonna send it right now. And I'm like, ah, "Cool." I was like, you know, Matt. I mean, like, I know some stuff, and Matt taught me even more things. Like, he is way better at, at running a lot of this stuff than I am. And uh, Doug, at, you know, Matt, I hate to besmirch your good name. Doug, even better than you, you know, he can just uh, do anything. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go on my bender. I'm going to come back, see what you got, see if there's anything else I can do. Um, but what I think, you know, I'm, I, my, my, I do best is take everything, take everything you, you, you know, mainly that you guys are doing and try to put it into something accessible in writing as well. So I'm going to do another write-up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we, we learned some new things and, more than just like what we learned from the data, I have some like perspective on the data because of me. I'm being the only person in this space that probably spends as much time on hockey. And then I, I really do think number one in the world spending time on uh, hockey best ball, although Matt's trying to take, take me out this year. Um, so I'm going to get an article up on puck luck that will be going. Um, I would say Thursday or Friday, but just kind of wanted to get everything together and perfect first. And the main reason why it's been like, 
what am I right about? Sort of, because a lot of things are right that we had last time. So I think as of now, the plan is like an update to the four pillars, sort of like a review recap slash what can we learn going forward to help us in the future? Because even though it feels like we did unbelievably well, probably as a collective for people that listened to what we were saying last year, there's definitely still edge out there. There's definitely still new things that we can you know, learn um, and, and that can help us win the championship moving forward. So really excited about that. The other project that I was working on this off season, um, kind of just continuously have been hitting roadblocks with like getting information on the NHLs, uh, just how they're internally getting data and tracking um, games and tracking sort of the, from that perspective. Uh, I've talked to a couple members that wanted to remain anonymous, but you know, one of them, I just was like, I reached out to an NHL agent and I was like, I want to hear the player's perspective. And they're like, I can talk to you about anything, but I can't be on record. Um, And again, it's just been a lot of just like, yeah, no one really know cares about this stuff. Like, hopefully, the betting community can get make it better because like they're wrong all the time. Like, yeah, they're wrong, but the players don't really normally care unless it's like a goal or an assist. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm gonna get back to that, but right now we're gonna focus in on what's most important. Uh, so Matt, are you ready to go share your screen? Uh, I mean, I mean, some, someone talking about getting McKinnon at five as as we kick it off. Um, sounds sounds good. I, I know people are stupid. I don't know. She should be going forth. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's um, it's interesting. I'll I'll say that. I'll say the. I think the one and two being well. I mean, the one being McDavid is clearly the most set in stone thing. Um, but otherwise, there is. I don't know. There's a there's a bit of reason I think to think that a winger might uh, be worthwhile of cracking the top four. Um, but we, we can get into it. Um, okay. You know. we, we, do, we do got a couple. First off, you can like, comment, do all that stuff. I'm sure we should be seeing a lot more of it, uh, but we forget to. Um, also, Matt Sick uh, sick Hat, that's uh, from NHL Wookie, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask one question for, for the comment members. Okay. If anyone could guess why I put Zuboff's jersey here today. Does anyone know a reason why I would pick Sergei Zuboff's jersey? I'm going to leave it. Matt, do you know? I'm, 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 I'll leave it to you as well. I, I have absolutely no idea. All right. I'm going to leave it to the comments for a minute while you pull up your screen. You still haven't clicked present. I have to add it, but you have to oh, click, click I, present. I thought, you, I, add. I thought you were asking. No. Sure. No, no, just pull it up. Yeah, pull it up while it. we do this. Yeah. It's, it's a good transition. Yes. Right. Someone already got it. It's 56 days till puck drop. Sergey Zuboff. So we're 56 oh, days. I mean, there's oh. a little ton of time. Like on one hand, like I've already done 52 drafts and like I stopped. I stopped at 50 and then we did two streams, uh, but there's still a lot of time to draft, but 56 days to puck drop and we're going to pull it up. I'm going to actually, I'm going to take us. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to just take us off of it though. Is that, I think it's better. Yeah, right? that, that seems Any, fine. Okay. So anyone in the comments that wants our faces, you can let us know, but I think it's going to be best to, uh, there's a lot here. The number one thing I, I want to say is that all of this I've already sort of released publicly. Like, please, if you are interested in, digging into the data or god forbid advancing upon uh what i've done and doing it in a more you know like if you're good in python or r or whatever um all of the data is here uh you can see this is sort of the front tab it's called best puck data dump basically we received uh, i think 20 files from underdog all csvs um i combined all of the regular season data um, and that's what we're working on today. I have not looked at any playoff-specific data, meaning I know how to advance to the playoffs based on this data, but I don't know how you did within the playoffs. Um, 
So the two things are one, you know, regular season only right now. And two, please reach out, join the discord, um, you know, DM me, whatever. Um, if you want access to this raw data file, because I'm perfectly happy to share it. This is, you know, uh, what's mine is yours in this regard. So, um, yeah, I, 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 the only productive thing I did all weekend while drinking at a bachelor party was I had people reach out and they're like, because I just tweeted like we had it and people like, can I have it? And the one guy's like, you, you don't mind, right? If I just like post whatever I want, I'm like, no, man. Like, oh, I think he's in here right now. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think he's. Yeah, right. dude, anyone can have it. Take what you want. Like yeah. the hockey community, all you're gonna do is help grow it, and that's all we care about. Is like the more right. people that dive in, the better. So Matt, back to you. All right. So now, so now we're zooming in. Um, sort of just on. Well, let's. Let's quickly uh, go through the process, just just in case people are clicking on this uh, file. Basically, using the data dump, I was able to rebuild every individual user's drafts in a given year. Um, you can see, you know, round one, Brady Kachuk for this team. We don't have names. You don't. We don't know like what you did necessarily as a person, but you know, we have every individual draft, um, and then a bunch of columns. You know, whatever. Um, that turns into this work that you see here in combination with the columns in the first tab. So all of this has references, you know, again, we don't have playoff level data uh, integrated yet, but I hope to do that in the coming week or two weeks um, to sort of look at specifically how do you, you know, win the 25K this year uh, once you're in the playoffs. But first you have to get there. Um, and so starting things off, uh, we had a pretty easy time figuring out who made the playoffs it was the top three in every draft there were no wild cards um you, you don't need to worry about you know uh the third place team and some advancing or the fourth place team and some advancing like we did two years ago so that's pretty simple 25 teams or 25 percent of teams advanced top three in every league easy uh first we look at the structure you know how are the teams building as far as their positional allocation um and let's see i could probably zoom in a little more even um, and so we see the main structures here. Uh, basically, three goalie, 3D, three center, three or seven wings is, you know, still kind of the gold standard, in my opinion. Um, it's the most common, but barely uh, more common than the four centers, six wings variant. Um, but it had a 6% better advance rate. Like that's, you know, that's night and day, really. So um, I think that's pretty powerful. We see some other, you know, like decently performing ones, like four defensemen. Um, there's obviously overlays to to this, sort of like how are you allocating the capital that we'll get to at a later point, because a first round wing and a, you know, 16th round wing shouldn't count the same. Um, but let's keep going with the very basics. So, uh, by the way, all these sum to 5,640 drafts. There were 5,640 uh, teams in the contest last year and so therefore all of these will sum up to that number um, how many goalies did you draft you know most people drafted three clearly that's pretty strong performing not worrying about eight teams uh, with five um, similar to this d-men when you draft three most people did pretty strong advance rate you know um, I don't think this is anything new it's pretty standard like if you're doing what the relatively sharp people are doing odds are you're stacking up other advantages along the way. Um, and so these are the sort of things we try and tease out later on. Uh, now, looking at centers, we sort of start to see the where things fall apart a bit as far as most people are drafting four centers, but 
there's a much worse advance rate when you draft four centers versus when you draft three. Um, similarly, most people are only drafting six wings, but guess what? <laughs> when you draft seven, you have a stronger advance rate than when you only draft six. So um, there's sort of like the very baseline three, 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 seven um, that we've talked about time and again. Um, and then we sort of start to see the player level uh, like splits here. Um, where if you got the number one pick, you almost every time got McDavid. Um, you know, number one picks advanced 49% of the time. Uh, just crazy. I mean, that that's insane. And then actually getting a later pick tended to be better. Um, spoiler alert, that tends to be for one specific player um, that we will talk about in just a bit. But basically, no longer this year did we see that sort of one through four stratification um, that's largely because Dreisaitl just existed in McDavid's shadow all season. And then Matthews and McKinnon dealt with injuries. Um, you know, that's pretty hard to overcome when McDavid goes completely so supernova like he did. Um, but there's really, you know, uh, not much, I think, to be learned from this specific analysis. Before we get a little bit more advanced, DJ, any initial thoughts? Yeah, Um so that, first off, I did want to point out that uh, William Jones is in here, the exact person I was talking about. I just made a tweet. So if you want to go give him a follow, I just tweeted it on my Twitter account. And he did do his work in R. So it's probably going to be uh, awesome. It's going to be awesome. So we're really excited to see it. Um, I, I would say that that one thing about, uh, especially the structural data, uh, the first thing you started going over, and, and I think that it's good. We're going to get into a, a little bit deeper, I think, of a look on it. Um, but the more I think about it, it's sort of like, okay, how many people that are smarter and care more about how they were drafting and like know what they're doing because they, you know, are just information, you know, people that took in our information and not only just ours, but anyone that had a clue, uh, you know, is it just people that were smarter use that or, all right. So I think we're, yeah, we'll get a little bit deeper into it, but yeah, I think I, the point, the point I'm making is I don't think the takeaway from that is maybe you could just draft more centers if you know what you're doing. I think the takeaway from that is maybe you could actually draft less centers and, and like actually focus a little bit more on, on going over. on wing. like, I don't yeah. think that the three, the, however you want to look at it, the three centers, seven wingers, three, D, three goalie. Like I think it, uh, it's going to show up and you're going to be like, wow, that is almost universally correct. But I think the amount of smart people that were using it weigh it a bit higher and that it doesn't make it though. It's like, you can't do anything else. Um, which is something I kind of wanted to dive into uh, a little bit deeper at, at some point, at least. But it's hard to do that. Like, yeah, how do totally. I say who's a good and bad drafter? Unless if we only look at those drafts or how many people we're reaching. But then again, if you're reaching all the time, it doesn't mean you're well automatically yeah, doing a bad job. So it's so it's tough. yeah. Right now we don't have, and honestly, I don't think Excel could allow me to generate a way to sort of grade drafts, so to speak, you know, taking into account all of the things we just covered, all the things we will cover in the future that sort of go into the decision-making behind a draft. So yeah, it is very difficult to untangle the sharp drafters are doing this, you know, non-sharps are doing this. Therefore, you know, like they're stacking up edges along the way. That's just a necessary trade-off that you make when you're dealing with a bozo like me as your data guy in this space where I can only use Excel. <laughs> um, so in any case, um, I do want to keep moving though because we want to get to a draft. Um, you know, I don't want to spend all night on this data, even though I certainly could. Um, so moving forward to this uh, next section, I broke down players' drafts and or draft selections into 
uh, reaches, values, and at ADP. This is a very arbitrary number. Basically, I started it off with uh, if you reached more than three spots of ADP given the listed ADP by underdog in your given draft. So that changes throughout the year. Um, but if you reached uh, more than three, I, I gave you, you know, a reach pick. You reached, you know, to get your selection. Um, if you got more than one point of ADP value, so, you know, if you're drafting at 14 and you drafted a guy with a 13.1 ADP, that's, you know, add ADP. But if it's 12.5, that's a value. Um, that's sort of the general rule. And then I threw out the last two rounds. If it's the last two rounds, you can take whoever you want. That's just that ADP. That's why you don't see uh that's why you don't see any teams of zero or one at ADPs. And it's a pretty clear trend, you know, just try not to reach on more than a handful of picks. You know, you can certainly see here that you know getting zero reaches technically has the best advance rate at 30.1%. But if you reach once, twice, three times, you're still hanging out in that 29, 28% range. Um, and then, you know, once you cross that barrier, that's where you kind of start to worry, where if you're reaching more than a handful of times in a given draft, you're probably giving up value. You know, the, the, the rooms are relatively sharp. Um, so that's my main takeaway. Obviously, that the inverse is true, where if you're getting no value on any picks, you know, you're probably getting buried. Um, but you know, it's just, it's not necessarily a take the highest ADP guy every time, but it's just be super mindful that when you do, there should be another purpose. And, you know, most of you guys listening will uh, definitely know that ahead of time and from your football experiences and whatnot. Um, so carrying through the three round start stuff, I don't think is that interesting. Um, personally, you know, it doesn't really tell, tell us much besides, who was generally available at given picks. You know, uh, if you drafted Kel McCarr in the first round, guess what? You know, you got hurt. You kind of you kind of uh, got screwed. So, um, you know, you had a 16% advance rate if you took him first and a wing second. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time there. Um, here's where I want to sort of look at the players um, and not necessarily look at the player-level data, but we can go through that probably while we're drafting. Um, but I wanted to sort of showcase this fun little chart here. Uh, let's see. Let's zoom in on it. Yeah. So what this chart is doing, it allows us to sort of give a singular value to every pick on the board. If you're a fan of Establish the Run, um, Mike Leone's Best Ball Manifesto is basically the holy grail for what I'm trying to do in any of my analysis because frankly I you know I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel here I'm just applying it to a new sport um, in hockey and so I like the idea of sort of trying to quantify the value of every single pick um, and the best way to do so I thought would be to you know mirror what actually happened last year so you know at pick number one obviously McDavid on average scored a ton of points uh, the, the number doesn't really matter you just see that it's really high. It falls off pretty dramatically until we get to about a pick 30. And then at pick 30, it very smoothly sort of tails off. Um, these little bumps here, um, this tends to be the David Pasternak range. Uh, this tends to be the Timo Mare range, this, this little bump. And then down here is the Eric Carlson range, I believe. So, you know, you're seeing some oddities where, you know, a later pick is worth more than an earlier pick. But the formula we use basically 
trends this graph and explains about 91% of the volatility. So like, there's not a ton going on here that this formula is not capturing. So when you apply this formula to every single pick on the board, we get in there, we get sort of uh, values of those picks. And, you know, we can go through pick by pick what the number is. It doesn't really matter. Comb through it yourself, honestly, if you want the data. Um, but then what that allows us to do is it says, okay, well, you know, if you spent this amount of capital on a center and, you know, on center one, and then this amount on center two, and you have three centers, I can add up the amount of capital you spent on centers, line you up into 20th percentile buckets. So basically this is an even 20, 20, 20, 20 split of the draft board. And then we sort of analyze things that way. Um, and so quickly going through, basically if you're over investing in center, you're probably getting buried. Um, I think part of this is because McDavid was so strong that like, you know, taking him in the first round was such a cheat code. Um, that yes, it matters that like, you know, you're not seeing a 48% in the highest, even though a lot of teams with McDavid obviously drafted him very highly. Um, but I think what you're seeing is once you miss McDavid, you really kind of had to look elsewhere. Um, and so you see that in the wing investment, it's very linear. Now this is relative to the field. So if the field widens up this year, it's not really going to matter. Uh, you know, like if you're drafting 20 wings, like, yeah, obviously it's not going to go well. But the people who spent the most capital on wings did the best last year. We were pounding the table for wings, 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 wings. Here's the data that shows it. Invest in wings early, invest in wings often, get to it. Um, defense, kind of the opposite story. Um, of course, you know if you're spending a lot on defense, you're probably not spending a lot on wing. And I think that's where you're losing this contest uh, for the most part. So there was a slight lean toward like low, 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 low investment in defense. Um, I didn't have the time to go through like exactly what that sort of room would look like, but you can imagine it being, you know, if you drafted Cam McCarr, you got pretty much screwed last year. No way around it. Maybe that changes this year, um, but that's what we're seeing. And then lastly, in net, um, you wanted to get a star goalie, you know, but you didn't want to draft too many star goalies and you certainly didn't want to wait till the last round to draft goalies so if you're drafting you know a star goalie a starter and then the fringe starter you're right in this medium bucket maybe shading toward the high bucket you did great that's really um the story for me where you know this sort of confirms my priors where if i miss on mcdavid and i miss on the big centers i'm trying to get a wing and i'm trying to load up on that wing advantage you know, you see it in last year's data. It's probably not quite as strong because or this year because Pasternak's probably not going to be the second highest scoring player in fantasy. Um, but I think the trend will maintain this year that, you know, you still need that wing investment, um, especially if you miss on a McDavid type. Okay. Now, okay, Adija, let's get into it before we do stacking and then we'll start to draft. Get, get into a draft. Oh, sorry. Let's let's uh, any questions before I finish off this tab and then get into uh, the draft. No, I it, it, this is the, all of this is exactly what I meant kind of at the beginning where it's like, man, we really like reaffirmed our priors. And I it's like it's hard to like think of too much to write about. And I, that's why it's kind of like I'm trying to get a little bit deeper, which um, it's kind of like the question we got here about like, 
you know, in the playoffs, but th- 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 all that stuff is the next step. So mm-hmm. that will come. Um, and, and once we have all that and we put it all the, you know, we're going to, there'll be, there'll be some write-ups and there'll be some more information and probably our next stream, hopefully if we, if we can get to it, we're going to go over that stuff. But that that is definitely the next step. Like this is get to the playoffs. Now what? And I think yeah. that's kind of like where hockey's going to take the next step. Um, and then I put our discord link in here. So anyone this will work for like 48 hours and it won't let me post as an actual link but let's get to the next stop and fire up a draft yeah um so uh just wrapping up sort of the regular season and advancement um stuff that i wanted to go over um i then was uh this is building off of last year's work so i didn't do this in 2021 i only have this data for 2022 so this is kind of new uh new grounds as far as our data work is concerned um we've had theories uh, we floated the theory last year that um, two-man stacks for the best and that having three or more was a bit weak just because you can only start one center, two wings, one D um, each week, uh, plus a goalie, and then a flex. Uh, meaning, you know, if you're only getting seven scores, you're probably not going to want five guys from the same team, you know, hogging up roster spots when, you know, theoretically one of those guys is the scorer and the other dudes are sort of passing around. Like, it's really hard to find perfect triples 60 games into a season it's much easier to find perfect duos and sort of stack up those advantages that way. Um, so we did some work now to sort of try to confirm this. Um, first off, looking at advancement rates by number of players stacked on your team. doesn't matter if you're a goalie or a forward or a defenseman. Just, you know, what what's the holy grail? You know, newsflash, there really is none. Um, regular season advancement is obviously pretty uh, finicky. Um, but it goes to show that just having stacks doesn't really guarantee you much as far as advancement or otherwise. Um, you know, 13, uh, there's 134 teams that stacked 13 of their players. They technically had the best advance rate. I don't know if that's much more predictive than the two through five wing here having reasonably good results. So I'm not reading too much into that. The skaters stacked, I think, are a bit different. This sort of goes to show like you just need to balance what you're stacking because if you have seven stacked skaters you had the best advance rate and it sort of falls off you know in a nice little normal distribution around that seven point so it kind of says like hey make sure you get some correlation to capture some team upside but don't you know don't sell the farm to to miss out on you know star players from a different team um moving onward the number of stacks you have is kind of interesting. Now, we didn't see a ton of people have five stacks, so part of this could be that the sharper drafters tended to stack more because they were you know, more comfortable with the ADPs. There's a lot of reasons. They, they know hockey better, whatever. Um, we did see that more stacks tended to lead toward higher advance rates. Um, I also think part of that could be like the mini stacks where you're getting a bunch of mini stacks, therefore you're not expending all that ADP value to get one stack, for instance. Um, but here's where it gets interesting, I think, where we go over to the max stack size. Um, and looking at every team, you know, what was your largest uh, stack? And for most teams, it was either two or three. Uh, once you went beyond three, you did have a slightly worse advance rate. Um, I think that's pretty meaningful you know, for all the reasons I already listed, where if you're drafting the fifth and sixth best players on a team, you're probably giving up a lot of value elsewhere. So it doesn't really matter between two and three based on this. Um, So 
let's keep moving. Um, another thing, you know, number of three plus stacks. We really don't see a lot. Again, 132 people drafted three, uh, three player or more stacks on their team. Yeah, they had a pretty good advance rate, but hey, that I'm a little bit leery that that's not you know the sharpest of drafters, sort of knowing the correlations late in drafts and so on and so forth. This was maybe the most interesting thing that uh, I ran, and I did this all today. Um, basically saying, did you three-plus stack on your team, yes or no? There was really no difference in advance rate. You know, it's 25% when you round either way. Um, but uh, woo-wee, I like kitties for you underdog freaks. Um, had the question of, okay, but what if we overlaid this, you know, as, as sort of a crosstab with, you know, structured drafting? What do we see then? And so using this idea of was it a three-man stack on the team or were there no three-man stacks on the team, just sort of very binary yes, no, um, we've split the group into did you draft the, quote, optimal roster structure or did you not? Now, this is fraught, of course, because there's a lot of garbage mixed in here. But the important thing is the difference between the two columns. Um, and so we see that advancement rates among properly structured teams that did not expend the ADP capital to sort of match up these three plus person stacks skyrocketed. I mean, look at this, 35% advance rate if you had no three, three plus stacks on your team. Um, if you only stuck to two mans, for instance, you had a 35% advance rate. I mean, that's that's killer. Um, that's almost that's almost DJ levels of good from last year. Um, and so you can see that it actually tended to be sharper drafters that were stacking more often. So you're not even needing to account for the fact that you know sharper drafters are doing XYZ thing. Technically, the less sharp you are, the more likely you were to you know not take these three plus stacks. And that's so, how I win, baby. <laughs> um, and, and so you're not really seeing uh, that effect in the data. And so this might be the number one takeaway for me, uh, just because, you know, again, if you're drafting the fourth and fifth best player on a team without a very uh, strict reason for doing so, you're probably giving up value to the number one and two players on lesser teams. Um, so I still want to share my screen because there's some player level stuff that I think was interesting, but I think we should start the draft. So um, DJ, do you want to get us started? Yeah, on yeah, the draft yeah, and, uh, and then we'll sort of circle yeah, back. Yeah, that, and, and, and yes, Wookie, you did answer your own question. It's three or more. Right. Um, and, and Nobo loved it. So, I, did I uh, to, are, are you entering now? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, blast off. Oh, and now wait, waiting for two. We're in. Uh, yeah, I, I saw it just before it was waiting for like seven. So, I was like, I, I was okay. optimistic. I know uh, someone in our fantasy league was like just posting their team right before we started and filled. Okay, um, so you're gonna share your screen, but you're gonna go back and forth. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, uh, let's see who's in here. Oh my god, DJ gets the 101. I, I already have the graphic. You know what's okay. funny is I, I I actually had a graphic I planned on using for the because you know the real YouTube celebrities will I, I think only me post thumbnails afterwards. Um, so I was going to start doing that. I had something saved for when I didn't get the one-on-one yet. Here I am. So, um, I'm going to, I, I might think of a new one. Yes. The influencer one-on-one. I mean, that's all you, and you see the five point. Oh, you can't see that. I'm a 5.8% McDavid and now it's fully updated through every draft. So I, I really haven't been benefiting 
that much because I've yeah. taken him every time at the one on one for sure. So yeah, I was at so, um, sorry, I was at five of twenty five McDavid's like going crazy, and then I've, I'm over the last twenty on my drafts. So um, you know that, that's yeah. pretty fun. Uh, here, pull up, yeah, pull up this. I want to read it. What the comment? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You're trying to trick me. I'm gonna also make my pick here. Um, yeah, um, William, that's that's exactly right. Um, and part of it is I can think you, wait, can you um, service the audio listener. Oh, we were right. In the NFL, there's only one QB per offense, so any position player becomes relevant to stack. Stacking and, and a first kitchen, line kitchen, third kitchen, kitchen, you're on the clock. David Kitchen, you're on the Thank clock, you. too. Thank you. I mean, I have my rank set up, so I'm good regardless. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know you were actually going to make that mistake, but yeah. Um, yeah, so. Are you going to share your screen, by the way? Because I'm sitting Yes, I will. I will, DJ. Oh. We're getting back to it. Oh, my God. Stacking a first liner with a third liner who never play together is kind of worthless, right? Um, and so, yes, from the hockey bro perspective that I'm offering here, you know, not necessarily data or whatever. Uh, the main thing about hockey to consider is that a lot of the fantasy scoring comes from one, you know, obviously exposure to the supernova players like McDavid or Matthews. You know, if you're playing on a line with them at five on five and they have the 125 point season, yeah, you're probably going to benefit. But you're more often than not, for most stacking purposes, only really benefiting from having power play one stacks. In the NHL, the game is so much uh, concentrated on the power play nowadays that, you know, obviously the best players will score a five on five too, but all that concentration or all that output gets concentrated on the power plays. And who plays on the power play? Your best four forwards and your best defensemen. You know, you're going to run into some stupid Nathan Bastion situations in New Jersey where there's a mucker in front of the net sometimes. But in the most uh, most teams, most occasions, you're going to find that having your four best players and your best D-men on the ice is, is what you're sort of drafting for in fantasy and daily fantasy. So when you are grabbing, you know, four guys, yeah, maybe you're getting Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Marner. Odds are you're not, though. You know, odds are, you know, the ADP is tough to figure out. You're investing a lot in one team early. Usually, most of the time, it's late round stacks. And so if you've already invested in Matthews and Marner, well, guess what? You're, you're sort of saying these guys are going to play together. Now there's only one more spot to fill. And yeah, could it be, you know, uh, Matthew Nyes? Sure. Could it be uh, Tyler Bertuzzi? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, could it be uh, what, Kelly Yarncrow if he's still around? Like, could it be any one of these idiots? It could. Um, and so that's sort of where the multi-stacking uh, loses its legs, where if you're not getting a guy who's locked onto a top power play job, you're sort of rolling the dice as to whether that's actually correlated with your players or not. Um, so, you know, that's a long-winded way to answer it, but basically that's sort of um, why I want to look into what I'm considering alpha stacking, where, you know, basically I'm going to go down the list and say, is this player a creator or a passenger? You know, is Zach Hyman a creator? No, he's a passenger to McDavid. So like, how are you stacking these alphas in, in in the draft lobbies um and does that matter between you know stacking alphas and stacking you know these passenger types um yeah and, and this is exactly what i was talking to with brick and i think he wants to implement and i was like going over i was like i really think the and now i've been to share all this data with him so hopefully he does get back to it because yeah i think he's really excited about the idea in the nhl maybe because it seemed really beatable considering i you know, knock on wood, but I mean, I fucking beat it last year. So he may have saw that and been like, I, you know what? I'm definitely smarter than this guy. So I can probably beat it too. 
But uh, I was kind of going over some of this stuff with him, and I was like, we'll get the data, though. And then it all came back just roses. Um, yeah, I, honestly, this is interesting, like how the stacks work and like matter, or if you will, based yeah. on ADP. But, I mean, that's kind of like what our ranking should help with, more or less, is like which players kind of should be maybe higher. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely – and, and a team like the Sharks and some of these really, really bad teams yeah, may yeah. try a lot of unique stuff. So it's really hard to like pin down anyways, because if you're the Sharks and you're out of it by 30 points, you know, midway, you know, midway, you know, by January, maybe you start kind of throwing in some new guys and uh, trade off your Mike Hoffman's. Uh, so it's hard to know for sure. Um, do you yeah, want to share your screen um, yet, Matt? Or are we? Uh... Yeah. So let, let's get through this round on the draft board okay, and okay. I'll share again. And I, I will point out that at the very least right now, if you do use the brick draft caddy, which I highly suggest, especially if you're an avid best ball drafter for all your sports, it will still highlight the players to correlate with your centers. Um, and you can kind of make your decisions from there. Some teams are really obvious what the power play is going to look like, or at least very close to obvious. So uh, yeah, I think it's still pretty useful, valuable and uh, fun. So yeah, so far we're, yeah, we're just about to hit the turn in the draft. I haven't seen anything weird. Maybe I missed something. No, I haven't seen anything weird yet at all. Uh, maybe Hughes at six instead of Pasta is like slightly unique, but I think it's kind of moving that way. Uh, Matt, you go Nylander. Uh, did you take Matthews? No. Interesting. No, I couldn't have Matthews. Had to ruin someone's day. Okay, well, I don't want to make the same mistake as last time. Or, you know, honestly, I just don't know if I want to have the same draft as last time, but Every single thing I wanted just evaporated. So I am going to start with Roman Yossi to go with McDavid. And I want to get ahead of the winger avalanche, and I'm just going to draft Zach Hyman reluctantly. Okay. Um, and then GA picks, and then I go. So we can quickly. Yep. Uh, and then we'll share. That. Yeah. I also I put mine back on light mode. I think it's why I had it on light mode because look at the, the difference is. It's so much. My face is completely dark on dark mode, and I feel like people want to see my beautiful face. Uh, I, you were trying to keep them from. Hold on, that. Do it again. Do it again. I didn't notice. All right, ready. Hmm. You're not using your Pat Mayo supplied. I uh, am. It, it, I, I am. See, like you see my hand like super bright because yeah. yeah, and it doesn't matter like how bright I keep that thing. Weird. All what right, I need to do. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get right. into something we should definitely talk about out there about my setup. <laughs> Yeah, keep keep me honest if I'm on the clock, because uh, I will get lost in the sauce here. You, you, you took uh, Vassy, good pick. So yeah, I went with the center D wing, which I I love I love that start. Oh, uh, all right, you're back on. All right, you want? So let's. Yeah. Um. So here is sort of a very standard look at um, I guess a player summary. Uh, we're basically. We ordered every player by their average ADP. Um, and so, again, this sort of fluctuated throughout the draft season. Um, so this isn't like the year-end ADP. This is the average among all the drafts. You know, very slight difference, but worthwhile nonetheless. And what we're doing here in column I is basically doing the same thing we just did in performing the advance rate calculations, but doing it only on the teams that drafted this player. And so we see, you know, McDavid had this ridiculous advancement rate, 53% advance rate, uh, because guess what? If you try to get cute and take Matthews first overall, like I may or may not have a couple times, um, 
you know, uh, the McDavid drafter just did so much better that, you know, it's even stronger than the 48, 49% advance rate that we saw um, on the, the first tab I was showing. Going down the list, you know, we see all these players. David Pasternak went absolutely nuts last year. Um, contributed 708 points. You know, that's the max. So, you know, imagine that being every week he's scoring. I don't quite know that, but I imagine it's somewhere close to that. Um, so he clearly outperformed everyone in the non-McDavid category. Um, and so he advanced at a 47% advance rate. So when we saw, uh, going back to this, uh, let's see, when we go back to this, we see that, you know, picks 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, they are all stronger than 2 through 7. Uh, that's basically all because of Mr. David Pasternak, um, you know, because you look at the advancement rates within that first round, and yeah, <laughs> you know, most of the guys who are going early, uh, Pasta, you know, none of them have all that strong of advancement rates, so it's pretty much Pasta and Brady, and then everyone else was kind of a drag on your advance rate, um, so I found that kind of interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot more you could do with this. You know, when I, I have the team and mid-year change indicators that I used for stacking. Um, but just a couple of standouts that I sorted on this tab. Um, I, I shared this in the Discord as well, but I will give this a quick scroll just to, to laugh at some players. Um, so this is filtering out anyone who wasn't drafted at least 11 times. But, you know, uh, advancement rates for Jacob Slavin, 5%. Yikes. Um, not great. Uh, almost, yeah, 13 people drafted Shane Wright. Um, but, you know, he didn't help you. <laughs> um, so just kind of, you know, going down the board, you see these players who were drags on your advancement rate. Obviously, they were all pretty bad. That's why they were drags. Um, but you see Kale McCarr here. You know, he was fine given his points, but nowhere near what you're looking for from a first rounder. Certainly not an early first rounder like he tended to be. And then, of course, old friend of the show, Jonathan Huberto. I'll just highlight that one because he is garbage. Um, a 9% advance rate if you got suckered into Mr. Huberto in drafts last year. Uh, on the clock. Thank you. All right, so, oh my God, we're looking at centers. Can anyone Welcome spare me a center? The danger zone, my good friend. Let's grab Evan Bouchard. Ah, get out that's fine. That I, 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 was, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, am I really going to take my second defenseman and stack the third guy after just talking about how <laughs> I, that's a bad idea? Seems yeah. like a pretty counterintuitive product. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to ruin whoever took Tage Thompson's day and take Alex Tuck because I just don't uh, – you know, I'm actually not even that low on him. And then I'm going to take one of my flag plants who has risen up to a point where he probably should be. Uh, he was way, way lower before, but Cole Caulfield. Um, I think that Cole Caulfield, if healthy, could be an incredibly, incredibly high scorer um, on multiple weeks. He's going to be the focal point of Montreal's power play for sure, um, which lost Jeff Petrie today and kind of opened up that Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Matheson sack. That backdoor uh, again, so Matheson, yeah, yeah. No, backdoor Matheson does exist for me. And, like, I, it wasn't that I thought he was undraftable with Petrie there because I was like, I don't really see it happening. But regardless, you just uh, yeah. take, you made your pick. So yep. through four rounds, my team is McDavid, Zach Hyman, Alex Tuck, Cole Caulfield, and Roman Yossi. Um, 
And then you, on the other hand, have Leon Dreisaitl, William Nylander, Chris Kreider, Evan Bouchard, and Andre Vasilevsky. Don't love not having a goalie yet myself, but uh, I think I could survive uh, it. And I, again, I just really don't want to have the same draft as last time where like normally I probably would have just taken, you know, Sorokin or Vasilevsky. I thought about taking Sorokin instead of Vasilevsky this time, but I'm like, you know what, let's get weird. Um, and anytime you can get Yossi in the third round, I think you've done okay for yourself. Uh, so yeah, anything else you want to mention on this? You want to mention the person who took Freddie Gaudreau instead of uh, Johnny Gaudreau, or only that happened once, so I don't think it made your list, but that one made me laugh. Carter wait, Hutton at 30. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying in the what I was just sharing? No, it's not there because he, he wasn't drafted enough. I was looking through the raw data and looking at some no, stuff. No, that's... But oh, oh, you're oh. Like, okay, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was... Yeah, he was only drafted once. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. one was good. Where, where was Carter Hart? Carter Hart's on there somewhere. Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't. He was drafted. We, was I, don't, we don't have to go. I mean, a uh, lot of people drafted Carter Hart, so I uh, we can yeah. find him. I didn't. I didn't Did, know there was didn't anything he, interesting. No. Oh my God. I'm. Th- oh my God. Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton. Oh my God. Oh. Hutton. Someone took him like 30th and he scored a zero. I was like, Carter Hart, why are you saying he was good? Oh, yeah. No, I got the wrong guy. There were some funny ones, too. I just, I was just thinking. The number one advanced player last year was not Connor McDavid. It was Tage freaking Thompson. And I think that goes to show the power of the wing position. Um, You know, when you hit that top five in the league wing score, um, you know, obviously you got him late in drafts, too. But like, um, and as a winger stud wing it's so much more powerful because you need to fill two of those a week and you have a flex to deal with too so um you know a shout out to tage he was an absolute monster last year um but yeah uh, pretty interesting that when you look at you know 32 drafts but nick schmaltz being the third best advancement rate um it's kind of interesting because clayton keller is you know he had a really good season but he had a stronger playoffs than he did a regular season so it is kind of interesting um See. You know, I you know I, I will say one thing about Schmaltz was he was drafted quite a bit by I feel like the the uh, puck luck trio yeah. of me, you, and Jay. So that also may have helped a little bit because we were kind yeah, of banging well, the true. banging the that's drum true. for him, and he and he had some really productive weeks, but he missed time and and, and whatnot. So yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So here's just sort of uh, you know Logan Couture. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really in on the Logan Couture stuff this season again. You know, only drafted 37 percent of the time last year, but uh, he gave you a really solid return because you know there's no one else scoring for this team. Um, and then the last couple of things I wanted to walk through were some very specific micro points on you know how did McDavid draft teams do the best and how did these pasta teams do the best. Because uh, obviously this is sort of of the assumption. Okay, you nailed your first round pick. Now what? Um, so let's get to the draft quickly. Um, you're you're on in two, by the way. Can I just share it? Yeah. You can just share her. Okay. So now we see my board. Yeah. I don't think you're in the. Oh, because you have the you guys have things pulled up. Wait, I'm not in what. The fullest of modes because you could minimize that. Yeah. Okay. I can put us on the screen too if you want again, but no, it's fine. I just want to get through yeah, this and then we'll get back to some of the fun stuff. Yeah, you are up next. We are definitely in a normal uh, stream room here. It, it is it is the winger avalanche room every time. Um, yep. I'm not going to make a video for getting ahead or behind it because 
Uh, unlike, I guess, running back, like it's not like you're going to be taking guys that are useless. Like you're not. It's like, oh, I'm taking Ty Chandler. It's like, no, nah, there's no Ty Chandler. You're going to be drafting. Uh, you take no, I'm, here. I'm, I'm taking Eichel. Drysaddle's not reliable yeah. enough for me to feel great about leaving freaking 18 points of ADP on the board. Um, okay, so, so yeah, yeah I, I've kind of walked into the position I was sort of hoping for. Um, I'm going to grab Stuart Skinner because I have this Edmonton sack and it's not necessary to do, but I kind of like the idea of it. Um, just betting on Edmonton, I guess I'll bet on the goalie, although all three of them are fine. And then I'm going to take, uh, uh, yeah. do I'm going to take both. I'm just going to, I'm just going to load up uh, now. You know, I missed one earlier. Oh, you thought I was going to take Nuge? No, I thought you were going to take uh, Wings, and I was looking at Jonathan Huberto sitting here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to wait on it. I would rather not get way, way behind on goalie. That that feels a lot worse to me right now. Yeah, um, so right, I just think I'm that the, 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 the opportunity for Skinner and Samsonov is absolutely massive. I think Jack Campbell could be a little bit better, but uh, Skinner's the clear starter in Toronto while they picked up uh, someone. Did they, why am I blanking? Uh, I think oh, they picked up Martin Jones last week. Martin Jones, yeah, it just doesn't concern me at all. <laughs> so, uh, yep, you take Toffoli. Yeah. So, I go on Toffoli up at, at the six seven turn. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting pretty with Vassy and Bouchard as my one-offs at those positions. I have Leon and Jack and then Neilander, Kreider, and Toffoli. So, um, all right. So, here's uh, – so, so, anyway, what I was saying is I think it was – you know, I, I put this together the most recently, so I haven't fully fleshed out my thoughts on uh, this stuff. But basically, I duplicated the slide I went through first, um, filtering just on people who got McDavid in the first round, and then again on those who just got Pasta. Basically, all right, let's assume you nailed your your first round draft pick. Now what? Um, and so let's let's dig into McDavid first. And, and can you just say, I mean, obviously, like, I, I get why, but just if anyone's listening and being like, okay, so, like, what if you don't, right? But I, I think it is important that we're always kind of assuming that our first overall pick is really good. So, yeah, it, yeah we kind of always well, have to make I mean, that assumption. Yeah, you can you can build off of this, you do whatever you want, you know, on your own. Maybe that's something I do in the future, but basically I don't have the data on what happens if you didn't get those guys in the first round. Uh, that would require more, you know, more coding in excel and more references to be updated and whatnot um so that's why i don't have it it's not because it's not okay. interesting it's because it's not no no, no. It, it is no yeah it is interesting but i'm just um, saying like in this scenario and i think every time you're drafting today you're not thinking oh i'm gonna take austin matthews assuming he misses 20 games like you're just not doing that you, you're, you're saying he's yeah. gonna play every game and uh, we have no reason really not to so um, okay back to what you're saying so with McDavid going psycho mode, um, looking, you know, again, 53% advance rate for McDavid. So that's sort of the baseline you're dealing with uh, when you're reviewing these percentages. Um, your structure, you know, still mattered, though it probably mattered to a lesser extent than it does generally, because, hey, guess what? You win every week with McDavid. So you're just sort of trying to find the rest of your roster um, accordingly. So the 3-3-3-7 has a slightly better than average expectation. Uh, the one that stood out was when you only took five wings, you got absolutely buried. Um, basically, you you allotted capital to center and defense um, for really no reason. You had a 37% advance rate. So, hey, if you get McDavid, don't just take five wings. That's really stupid. Um, you know, uh, kind of interesting. Let's see. There were two brave souls that took McDavid and one other center. 
and then eight wings. So sort of, you know, flipping the three, seven, three, three build to a two, eight, three, three build. They both advanced. Kudos to them. That's something I'm trying. Um, you know, the next time I get a McDavid, I think, um, just sort of taking two good centers, particularly in a room like we're in, where all the centers are on the board still, and just seeing if I can get through with volume. Anyway, on these McDavid teams, you know, goalies don't really matter. Um, you know, you could argue four goalies is best. I don't think that's true. I think it's just sort of noise. Um, defense, you know, people who took more D got punished for it. And that's probably because it came at the cost of wingers. So um, obviously showing centers, um, three centers tends to be the right number, though I think two has its uh, merits. Wings. Guess what? When you get McDavid, you have to try and win the wing position still, or else the field is going to catch you with their, say, David Pasternak's. Um, so if you don't draft at least six, you're really hurting. But drafting seven was the ideal. Not that surprising. Um, advancement rate by pick number. Kind of funny that 79 people had McDavid fall to them at two, and they kind of fumbled the bag. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that, that's you're up, just you're up. Next, next. That's more funny than anything else. Um, But moving over to the value and stuff, let me take... The wings are still kind of lively here. Um, I can grab Owen Tippett. Yeah, breast and beast in my next pick. Thanks. I mean, you don't even have connect me, so I I don't feel bad whatsoever. That's fair, yeah. Okay, keep going. All right. Um, yeah. So following the basic, you know, finding values in your draft room, uh, still all that still holds, you know, try not to reach too much. Even when you get McDavid, all of these tenets are still basically true. Um, ordering the three round starts, uh, note that, you know, obviously every one of these started with the center. Um, but last year it just so happened that when you went wing goalie or goalie wing, you had a pretty decent time. Um, I think that's just because the best goalies were going at the 2-3 three, three turn outside of Igor. Um, so, you know, getting that best goalie and having McDavid, you're just locked into winning two positions most weeks. Um, and so that helps a great deal. And I'm on the clock. Let's go for Mr. Sergei Bobrovsky. Don't love it, but I have relatively little, and I honestly didn't really want to take another Kemper share. Um, so let's see, but get back to this. Uh, okay. Center investment. These are using the same benchmarks as before, which is why you see that the counts are no longer evenly distributed. They're very much, uh, you know, lopsided in favor of the highest category. That's because when you took, took McDavid at the 101, he got credited with this amount of what, what, let's call it ADP value. And you see the confines of ADP value in here. Basically, if you took anyone else on top of McDavid, you're already you know cracking into this high or highest tier. Um, but it is interesting that the highest tier, you know, if you lived there, if you took another stud center to go with McDavid, you kind of got punished for it. You know, you still had a 50% advance rate; it's still ridiculous. Um, but it's not. It's certainly slightly better to not overinvest in um, center and spend that, for example, on the wing. Uh, now, only 50 teams managed to get into this highest class of wing investment. 
but the ones who did got, I mean, unbelievably rewarded. Um, but it just goes to show that if you don't invest enough in wing, um, you're losing out on EV, you know, no matter what, even if you get McDavid, you are literally burning EV at the stake. Like that is just the uh, number one takeaway. Uh, defensemen, it just so happened that these teams tended to have the lowest level of investment in defense. I think part of this is because you couldn't get Kale McCarr in the highest tier. You know, you already have McDavid in the first round. So one, you couldn't get McCarr, you couldn't get burned that way. And secondly, you know, there were some values late, such as Eric Carlson, um, that really allowed you to pop off. Um, so I, th I think that's also related to the wing story, too, where you're sort of trading off uh, D capital for wing capital. And then really no trend in that. You know, if you went real bare bones in that, you did okay. But if you got the sort of let's grab the two, three turn goalie and then grab a couple later round goalies, that's about where this bucket lives. And that is where you had a lot of success. I think that has largely to do with the success of like uh, uh, Sorokin and some other guys. Um, and then stacking, no real trends, but I'll quickly scroll through them. Um, your advancement rates when you did a three or more stack uh, on a McDavid team, they did drop pretty precipitously when you sort of over-invested in a three-man stack. Now, of course, we don't know what that investment looked like. Maybe there was ADP value on some, yada, yada, um, all that to come, maybe. Um, but just keep that in mind when uh, drafting McDavid teams, that we still see this sort of split between doesn't matter what you're doing, you're going to have better regular season advance rates if you don't overinvest in these stacks. Um, try and make it up in the playoffs. Maybe we'll put some more data to that idea. Um and then very quickly, the same thing with pasta. I'm going to go much quicker through it, but you'll see very similar trends. So pasta had a 46% advance rate. Um, the structures that did the best with David Pasternak, 3-3-3-7, did much better than six and five wings, which were um, more often tried than the 3-3-3-7. Um, so yeah, do, do that. Um, this one's kind of interesting. Four goalies, only nine teams, but 66% advance rate. I don't know. Might be something there. Um, 16 teams drafted four goalies with David Pasternak, 81% advance rate. I mean, go off Kings, I would say to them. Um, but in general, we see the same ideas where three D-men, three centers, seven wings. That was your best outcome. So just don't fumble the bag when you nail it is sort of the, the main point. When you got pasta all the way down at 11 or 12, you had a much better advance rate than when you didn't. Um, that's, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with the idea of chasing value. Um, and, you know, you, same you're here. up next. Okay. Um, yep. Same, same trends. Don't reach, you know, better, better uh, results when you don't reach. And I'm on the clock. All right. What does I need? Do I need Jamie Ben? I do not. Shocking. You know, let's throw a bone to my good friend DJ and take Victor Arvidsson right out from under his nose for my first Victor Arvidsson share of the year. I really can't complain that much. I was like, uh, I want him a little bit, but oh, wow, both of my wingers in the queue go with Arvidsson yeah. and DeBrusque. That is... I would have taken DeBrusque if not Arvidsson, I think. I, I might just take Brandon Hagel. I have zero shares and like he does actually seem like he's going to be useful, even unstacked. 
um, kind of a guy that like I thought maybe hit more of the metrics. And even though we had 30 goals last year, it didn't really get all the way there, but I already took Kuzmenko. So I'm pretty committed to the guys that yeah. got there at efficiency. Um, of, of all the but, known trolls in here, the fact that it was not someone who I know in C Cackley who took Shea Theodore. I mean, that's just classic. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that, that one that seemed kind of painful. Like he didn't have to do it, but yeah, alas. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to grab, uh, I'm going to grab Zach Wierenski from whoever wanted to stack him and just say, yo, Sam Wierenski are pretty cool. Uh, I'm really thinking about doing that two center build, or I'm going to maybe just wait till the absolute last pick and make my decision from there. Um, but McDavid and Cairo for me, I don't know if I mentioned that, that, that feels really, really good. Matt, man, you were really just doing the DJ Mitchell draft today. Just, I think my three highest wingers are Nylander, Owen Tippett, and Raymond. I is might be missing point? someone. No, this Forsberg my, is. Forsberg is, my, is in there too. But that, was that is my. Oh, you can't see your exposures once you draft them, I guess. Um, I'm no. pretty sure that was like my third share in 45 drafts of oh, Raymond. Raymond. Yeah. 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 He's definitely a guy that when you're in a winger heavy room, you can make the case for, though, for your fitness he, he guy easily. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty heavy on Russ, Lackin, and Smith in this range, but I, I just wanted to get something a little bit different because um, I didn't have any obvious stacks to go with it. Um, all right, so just a little more scrolling, and then we'll sort of wrap up this draft. Um, but the way you started drafts with Pasternak, I do find it pretty interesting that starting wing, 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 you know, uh, 84 times it was done, 56% advance rate only bested by the wing-wing goalie. Um, so, you know, third, fourth-round goalies were pretty strong last year. They're now going second, third round this year. So, you know, a little bit of a creep, um, but we see something there. Wing-D, wing, 60% advance rate in 20 drafts. Trying to think of who that D would have been, even. I guess it was Yossi, right? Going yeah, could have been at the turn. Yeah, you would have yeah. been Yossi there. Uh, Let's go back to the ADP thing in like two seconds. We should show you. Uh, yeah, that's true. Good idea. All right. So defense, yeah. Yossi at the turn. Um, uh, yeah. Edmund didn't do much. Would have been Yossi. So yeah, uh, taking Yossi with pasta was pretty strong last year. So if you can recreate that, go for it. Uh, all right. Your investment buckets. This is where I think it gets pretty interesting because obviously when you take pasta, you're not spending that on a first round center. So you're more likely to be in the low lowest ranges. But when you truly punted the center position, you actually did better than when you got, you know, say one mid-round stud or maybe two mid-round studs. Um, but you just went full on punt. You know, uh, it worked out. Um, again, over overdrafting wings for sure worked um, to an extent. You know, it's a little interesting that the highest bucket um, didn't have great success, but I'll need you know, a specific example of that looks like, of what that looks like to really know for sure um, how applicable that knowledge is. Um, defense, you know, even considering the fact that Roman Yossi uh, would have taken up a lot of capital and probably lives in these three, these four buckets rather than the lowest level of buckets, um, the lowest investment in defense did have slightly better results with Pasternak. Um, and then, Investing in goalies, I think, was the main catalyst for success here. Uh, we see that this high bucket, that's probably, again, the third, fourth round goalies, 
going off for you, um, they had the best level of success. So, and then stacking, guess what? Who really cares? Um, oh no, what did I break? Oh, it's because this. Wow, the first thing I broke. Um, live on air. That's cool. So here, yeah, when you set up in two picks, by the way, okay. while you're fixing things. Okay. All right. So here, technically drafting a three plus stack did uh, work out. Um, yeah, that's. And Boston was pretty affordable too, and they uh, clearly smashed. <laughs> yeah, that is. We got, we, we got a donation. Say what now? I don't even. I, I'm not good at this, <laughs> obviously, because I didn't see anything. Uh, <laughs> fake. You're oh, on the okay. clock. I'll, I'll look. Yeah, don't miss right. your pick, Power. You have 11 seconds. I'll, I'll take a peek. I didn't even know that was an option. Oh, yeah. I need some Jacob Truba action, my boy. I don't know where that would go. Okay, you took your pick. I'll take this. Oh, yeah, troops, right. troops. So um, I'll look a bit more into this because this is a little bit of a conundrum to me because we still see that the advance rates on three, 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 seven stacks were better if you didn't three-plus stack, uh, but they did get far worse if you were a different structure. So I'll do a little bit of poking and prodding into that data point, but I don't think that changes any of the overall takeaways that we had. Um, so again, uh, one, thank you all for listening to me drone on because this uh, obviously is uh, not for everyone. And if you're committed enough to sort of watch this, then I truly do respect. Um, I truly do respect your uh, level of dedication to the craft. Um, and then secondly, please do reach out, join the discord, uh, whatever. I can give you this data if you're interested in looking at it for yourself beyond just what DJ posts and what I post in the discord. Uh, or if you want to work on it yourself, you know, feel free to have at it. Use what I've done already to build off of. Um, that would be great. Please just share with me what you, uh, you know, what you find. So I will stop sharing now. DJ, do you want to share the draft board as you wrap up this draft? Sure. Uh, let me go back. I really want to figure out, like, is Wookie messing with us? Because if he is, then he he got me because I don't. Okay, all right. Let's 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 put us on screen though. Let's let's do it the normal way. Um. Okay. I put the banner back up there. Oh, and I'll zoom up. You're on the clock. Yeah. Well, I'm fixing everything. Uh, I'll be, if you did donate, uh, first off, why why why? Thank you so much. Um. I'm also going to be spend some time trying to figure out what in the world that <laughs> means. But definitely, thank you. I mean, yeah, it's just gonna go right back into the addiction of drafting. So that that's just great. Um. I was gonna take Vajnalka. That was gonna be my pick. Do you have any concern? I guess while we're getting to the end of draft, I think what most people like Wait. to kind of listen to. Wait, well, hold on. Let's let's uh, hold on before you answer. Before you ask me the question, were you talking about Wookie's comment of donation? Oh, take my don. Oh my god, he I his draft sucks. Okay, good. Honestly, it's I had that I had that so small. I just literally read donation, and I think my brain broke. Um, yeah, clearly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, I zoomed in on everything. Yes. Now. I, was, I was trying to watch. Love, uh, yeah. One, I had two, what you were doing zoomed way in and everything else zoomed way out. And okay. Um, also something that Jeff mentioned a while ago, um, but I don't think anyone in the world has as many tabs open on their computer as Matt uh, at any time. Um, just, it's pretty impressive. You were like clicking through things that I think you probably noticed. Um, but it's never anything that's going to get you in trouble. It's literally like he has like 44 hockey articles up at all time. Um, I, I, uh, 
DJ, you're really not on the ball today. He meant because I linked in the Discord, I think, to your tweet, which was linked to uh, yesterday's tweet about it or something. Um, I think that's what it was because I shared yeah, it on the tab. Honestly, I dragged it I, off of my my brain is my brain is mush after this weekend. So yeah, I peeled I'm off my one mode. tab to bring it over to the other screen. So I do have like but, twenty tabs up on the other side, but no one saw that. Oh, that's what I that's what, exactly what I noticed when he sent that. So I think my brain also made that connection. <laughs> yeah, I spent the entire weekend at a bachelor party, and I think I'm gonna just I'm I'm not even gonna get mad at myself for making any mistakes because doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So okay, thank you for letting everyone know I'm an idiot. That's perfect. Um, yeah, no, and, and baseball in here just applauding us and it made it just made a, a great tweet thanking us uh, for everything. Really should have just thank you in general uh, but for the stream. But I mean, that, that guy, if you don't follow him on Twitter, yeah. Um, yeah. definitely the, the golf stuff was unbelievable. I didn't play baseball, but I had a friend that was like, do you know anyone for baseball? And I was like, actually, I know baseball. I <laughs> like, this is the guy. Don't even think twice. Um, head right over. So a lot of really sharp people. Um, but it is, like I said, like, and that's going to be one of my takeaways is that like the sharp people also contribute to good things working, like things we, our priors that did work last year could not only be because they were right, but also because of how smart the people that used them were. Um, but yeah, well, I think that's kind of why some of the more intricate data that we got to at the end is so important because those are the things that if we can research and playoff advancements, especially that's kind of the next level, the next step where I think in like in football, for example, that's kind of where it's going now too. And I think we're already kind of starting to hopefully catch up if you will, where it's like not only I mean, week 17 was a big thing, but now, I mean, even like stacking in the NFL, it's like kind of being known a little bit more. And I kind of taking into account that like overstacking doesn't always mean success just because a guy's there. Doesn't mean you have to take your fourth, you know, guy for team X. Um, and like some of that stuff is bleeding in and we're learning more. So all the sports definitely in, but more analytic minds are going to figure that stuff out and win these contests and they normally do. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the main difference in stacking in football is one, the thing that was already mentioned by, uh, I think it was Will earlier, just said there's one quarterback and everyone sort of correlates to one another. Where in hockey, there's, you know, there's line units and power play units that don't necessarily mean everyone's everyone all the time. But I think second, yeah. I retweeted okay. his graphic. He, he mentioned he was going to put up the viz for okay. um, the ADP viz, which is really, really cool. Uh, we'll put that yeah. in the Discord if he doesn't mind. Cool. But, yeah, I don't know if you saw that yet, but definitely check that out. I made a tweet to follow him. Um, yeah. The second reason um, I think it's different is that in football, you're scoring, what, nine players a week between quarterback, One. tight end, three wide receivers, two running backs yeah. and flex. Is that eight? I don't know. Um, there's eight. more There's more spots to fill up at each position. So like taking three wide receivers and hoping two of them, you know, score in a week, it actually kind of makes sense more to me than it does to take yeah. two wingers, take three wingers and hope that two of them score in a week in hockey. It just, there's a, there's slightly more room for like uh, misses, I think in football than there is in hockey. Um, mm-hmm. And you're, digging further down the depth chart in football, you know, you're drafting dudes who are backup running backs. Whereas in hockey, you're not drafting fourth liners unless you're me drafting Alex Holtz last year. Um, But, you know, for the most part, there are first liners on the board when the draft ends, you know, there aren't starting running backs on the board when the football draft ends. So uh, I think those are a few of the differences in stacking. You are up next. We are going to get down to the, the nitty gritty here. Um, Yes. So, 
And then we're, we're always we're going to run through every team. If everyone wants to stay and listen to us talk about what people did right and wrong and, and different. Um, I like how this lobby's worked out for me a good bit. Um, I think, yeah, not perfect, but not terrible. So, gosh, I kind of wish I took Huberto now. That's I did. I did take my first uh, Luke Hughes share, but uh, this is the what I was going to get to. I think we're going to get we're going to we're going to talk about a little bit more here in a minute. Though some of the late round stuff again, I, I just kind of want to touch on a few things after we make our picks. Um, that is not going to tell you a ton other than. I think, you know, if you're, if you get to round 14 with McDavid and you only have like five wingers, you've probably messed up. So I really like that. I already have seven at, at, at 14 here. Um, and I would definitely, uh, you know, cons- consider that myself. So I'm going to hit the, hit the emergency. Um, I'm going to take Schmid, kind of my emergency last round goalie to go with Skinner and Samsonov. And I'm going to take Mike Madison to go with Cole Caulfield. Um, yeah, I really, I really screwed that up. I should have taken Rasters Anderson first. I thought there was yeah, a I was have taking Kadri. Um, you could take Uyghur. I don't have a problem with Uyghur. I, I feel like I will not. I mean, I showing it here five point eight percent, which isn't a ton out of fifty drafts, but I've taken a few, and it's like that five oh three last year seems like incredibly repeatable and that's not that bad in round 16 if yes or 15 oh, there's only 16 rounds um but yeah well as this is kind of going maybe we'll just kind of go position by position and, and kind of talk through a few guys late in drafts um and i'll make a few points as we go oh yeah hannafin too and and, and and i still i don't know why i just think he's gonna get traded i think when he does everyone's gonna yeah. jump on the leaguer train it kind of I don't think that that marriage is going to get back together all the way, but if it does, it does. Um, I still think they have a pretty good move. Wow. Okay. We'll get, get, that's a, that's an interesting name. That's a really interesting name. We're going to get to it. Uh, But as we are here right now at the, you know, beginning of round 15. um, So looking at centers, I mean, there are some unbelievable elite first line Calder trophy winning (laughs) centers that are still here and available. Josh Norris, Bo Horvat, Suzuki, uh, Zegras, Paneers, Trocek, Nelson. Uh, I could go deeper. There's Spoon Jenner, there's Hurdle, et cetera, Couture. A lot of very, 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 very good players and names, which I think is why a lot of times when I take McDavid, I just end up convincing myself. I like, you know, is this guy, like, you know, I will get to other positions, but is this guy really going to score in my flex ever comparatively to, you know, maybe Bo Horvat? <laughs> yeah, so I do think that, um, Kind of furthers our point in the investment, though, that I think it's even going to be almost better this year that the investment in centers later, as people have gotten sharper, is only going to become wiser because of the depth that's going to exist there as people are pushing wingers up the board and centers down the board. Any thoughts on center quickly, or you want to go to wing? Um, no, I, I think um, I think we're in a pretty unique spot where we're drafting with you know ten dudes who think similarly to us, honestly. Um, there's still enough exactly. casuals around, even guys that I see in most drafts. Um, well, I'm not going to name names, but um, you know there are guys that you see in 50% of the drafts you're in uh, currently that are still taking you know five centers sometimes. Um, you know who knows? It could just be auto drafts and they're not properly set up with roster limitations. Um, but there's there's still a few degens out there I think that will pay the rake for us and, and make it not quite as intense as this lobby is. Um, but yeah, for sure. That's, um, 
you know, the centers are going to drift further and further back as ADP adjusts to lobbies like ours, but I don't think it'll be, you know, all the way there until next year or the following year as far as, like, actual sharp drafting going on like there is on underdog NFL, you know, contests right now. Yeah, so, yeah, at the wing position, now we, we've gone a little bit later, a few more come up the board, but the top of wing is Petch, Reddy, Lafreniere, Brown, Nita Ryder, Marchenko, uh, Burakovsky, Teravainen. I mean, these are still guys, some of them, that could see power play one roles, at least power play two. Um, I think Lafreniere, he's the one I've taken the second most, I think, in the range still remaining, and I think he's probably the guy that I like the most in your last round, just I think the upside mm-hmm. is very much there. And it's not like this guy was a prospect that we didn't think would be a rate shooter. There's plenty of those prospects that exist. Lafreniere was on track to be an elite fantasy mm-hmm. player, and it just hasn't come through yet. So 22 years old, I think. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could find himself on a wing with the Benajad. He's not going to be a center in the NHL, I, I don't believe. But, you know, it's take, it takes some of these players a little bit more time to blossom. So I'm fine with taking him. So I haven't touched Connor Brown or Patch Reddy. I know Patch Reddy has the pedigree of being really a top 60, top, top, top maybe 40 even, a player in fantasy if, if a full health, but just can't see it at all at his age coming back to full yep. fruition. Coronado is absolutely a player that I've been thinking about and I actually haven't taken yet, but that's a guy that's really, really popping from a rate shooting perspective for prospects coming into the league that could actually have much bigger roles than we're anticipating. Um, you take Koronik. I actually do have one share of him as a last round defenseman. Um, yeah. So you would you would take him over you know your Luke Hughes and stuff of the world that I, um, are getting. I personally don't think Luke Hughes is all that great. Um, we'll see. I could be wrong, but I think he's Owen Power, where he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a real good player, um, but I just don't think he'll be fantasy relevant. And, you know, I think Luke Hughes is on the level of like a Cam York with, you know, where you're trading Cam York is likely to be a power play one guy with really low rates where Luke Hughes is probably going to have more middling rates, but he's going to struggle for time on ice and he's going to struggle to get, you know, premier power play time. Um, So if I'm doing, if I'm taking guys who are not getting, you know, that premier power play time, because I have an Evan Bouchard, I'm locking in my Jake Chuba types where, you know, I know they're going to get me points every week. And honestly, I'm taking a shot on Hronik's upside because I think playing with Quinn Hughes, he'll be a little bit unlocked. Uh, We saw him tried out on the power play last year on the flank, you know, with Quinn Hughes as the quintessential defenseman. He might have the best right-handed shot on the team if Brock Besser is like a net front guy Um, because, you know, Kuzmenko and Besser, they've been using up the middle. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, is JT Miller really going to be the distributor forever? Who knows? Um, Maybe. But you know, they at least tried it last year. And if he's playing with them at five on five, you know, Quinn Hughes doesn't shoot. So why not? I don't know. It's round 16. I don't really care. I just want dudes who I know will play a lot and I know Hronik will. So, um, or I'm taking a stacked shot at something crazy. Like I've taken a few Brent Clarks, for instance, with like Fiala, um, with Fiala Dubois stacks or something, just thinking, oh, well, what if Dowdy, you know, uh, gets uh, put out the pasture, so to speak, this year? Just stuff where, you know, I know it doesn't help my advance rates, but it could be what you need in the playoffs because I'm trying mm-hmm. to tailor my action more toward that this year. Um, just because I'll it's just advance and it's more top heavy this year. I, I'll just mention the, uh, the last couple names uh, Jersey, which I know Dumbo just joined, and I'll yeah. mention Spurgeon, um, guy that's I think starting to creep in back up a little bit, especially with Dumbo being gone. Like maybe it kind of clicked to people's minds. 
Uh, and what was the last one I had? Um, I'm blanking. Jake Sanderson. Only that's what I was thinking of. It doesn't really matter. Well, we'll we'll get to it. Maybe Hannafin, honestly. Okay. I'm going to pull back up what I just had, but I had to minimize it before. I have the board. Um, this is the best view I've figured out to look at, to view everyone's team. I um, guess we're going to start with me in the, in the 101. Um, I went Connor McDavid, Roman Yossi, Zach Hyman, Alex Tuck, Cole Caulfield. So I did get the McDavid-Hyman correlation to start, um, you know, what the, the second best probable, you know, in our rankings, and I think in most uh, defensemen in fantasy hockey, other than NHL.com, who has uh, Adam Fox at the, as morons, but um, then I went back to back goalies with Stuart Skinner and Elias Samsonov. And then I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to wait on goalie at that point. Uh, Would have liked to get maybe one a little bit earlier. I really, I think my regret is not taking Sorokin, um, but Yossi Sorokin, I just kind of felt like I was building out a team that was going to go a little bit too weak at winger with McDavid. Um, and so I went with it. Jordan Cairo um, was my second center in. I, again, don't really regret it because of what was on the board. I took Kuzmenko. I just, you know, I think the optimist in me just thinks that maybe he shoots a bit more and on that team in that power play role with Miller, with Quinn Hughes, with uh, Pedersen, it just, it really could all click together even, even stronger than last year where he had, I think 39. Brandon Hagel, I think the role just only could have gotten bigger for him. Um, I, I think that maybe he's very much more of a, a very obvious stacking partner with your Kucherov. And I, I haven't done it yet, but I haven't got a lot of Kucherov either. Uh, Zach Wierenski, and I planned on maybe going Jenner in the last round, but alas, he was gone. I take Besser to go with Kuzmenko, which isn't perfect, as they may actually eat each other's power play time a little bit. But I'm going to, again, kind of hope that the power play is before I name plus Besser, um, although it could easily be... What? <laughs> Billy, I, wait, what? I, I don't know how you see Besser and Kuzmenko being part of a I power don't. play with Quinn Hughes. Uh, very unlikely, Jordan very Peterson. unlikely. Yeah. yeah, I don't really well, see it. It could be, but, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah it's kind of like... I don't know what the going. point is you're trying to make. There's really no point. They are on the same team, and it's probably a bad sack. Uh, next, Tom Wilson, who I'm taking, <laughs> mainly just to piss off Matt. Um, but you don't give a guy $100 million. Hey, honestly, I think the biggest thing about the contract, and you can say whatever you want. I, obviously, it's a bad deal, but listen to 100 hockey men. Maybe they'll give you a different story. But... Mm-hmm. They didn't pay him that money if they don't think he's fully healthy to play. So I think yeah, that feels yeah, yeah. It, works, it works for Nick Backstrom. Anyways, um, no, I, I think that at the very least, Tom Wilson is going to have a very good floor on a team that I really need to find some weeks that at least I have some floor winners to go with. Why do you need to sell every single pick you're making as if you're trying to trade them in fantasy hockey? Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, just say what you finish? Pick. Schmid, correlate, and then finally, I just, I just, I'm, I'm a fish, I'm a fraud. I took a last center, I took Bo Horvat, but you just can't give me 192 Bo Horvat. That's a great pick, DJ. Thank you. The the one guy you're not saying, oh my god, I moved mountain, I moved mountains to pick this guy. Like he's the best. No, my problem, my problem is. That's great. No, my my problem was is that I was gonna only do two centers and be an actual sharp and and join the elite club of two center McDavid drafters and I oh. I, I wimped out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wimped. I get it. I get it. No, uh, I, okay. I, yeah. Uh, anyway, team number GA. two. Team number two. Uh, GA always does pretty well here. Austin Matthews with Gensel, Sorokin, Diala, Marchand, McCann. Um, no 
obvious correlations yet, which I think you screwed him completely by taking Nylander. I'm sure he was like, I will kill Matt. Um, Miro, McAvoy. So he gets his Marshan McAvoy. I know we kind of talked about, like, you know, obviously a lot of out, out of Boston. So those guys' roles are, I guess, conceivably increased. Um, mm-hmm. Kempe, DeBrusque adding kind of a third Boston power play one player to the mix. Carter Hart to go with Sorokin. I think it's a pretty good bet on him. If he's going to score over Sorokin, it probably means it's because they win a couple games in a week. Andersley, still don't have any Andersley. I kind of think the guy sucks. Uh, but I think he's, you know, he's draftable. Uh, Barney Natchez, Rasmus Anderson took him right out from Matt Snow's. A good payback there. We're taking Nylander. Uh, Copley, who I still haven't taken. I'm still just betting on Cam Talbot and not Copley at this point, but Talbot's gone. And Matty Nyes to go with Austin Matthews. I think that's probably the only way I'm taking Matty yep. Nyes. For sure. Anything to say on that? Sense. No. All uh, makes sense. I, I think, I mean, that was a 3733, right? Yeah. 3733. Yep. So, Next, yeah. Matt, do you want to read your team? Yeah. I led things off of Leon because I'm a fraud and uh, mm-hmm. hate myself. Um, we both followed up with Nylander. Just needed a wing. Um, and I took Vassy. You know, I, I do think Igor Sorokin Vassy is a pretty clear tier above. And then Ottinger Saros are sort of the tier below. And then I think Hellebuck is honestly below Georgiev to me, but that's mostly because I'm still not convinced he doesn't get traded to a team that's going to, you know, uh, split starts with uh, Hellebuck rather than getting 60 in Winnipeg. But anyway, um, so I grabbed Vassy, Evan Bouchard to go with Dreisaitl, Kreider. Jack Eichel, um, Tyler Toffoli, Owen Tippett, just really shoring up the wing position with guys who were still on the board that I kind of liked. Um, at this point, I pretty much had nothing to work with, so I took Bob. Um, you know, I do think Knight gets back in goal a bit, but um, you know, Bob, I think, still has the capability to run with the net, so I'm fine taking him even before pick 100. Victor Arvidsson, Lucas Raymond, two guys. Hopefully they shoot and Maybe they'll score this year. Um, Jake Chuba, because D points go burr. I mean, I hate Jacob Chuba more than anything, but my God, does that dude rack up every single fantasy point category? Um, and then I grab like Tom Wilson. <laughs> Sorry, like Tom Wilson. Sorry, I was coughing. Yeah, except Tom Wilson will get hurt four games into the season. And, you know, but, uh, there you go. Um, but Matt, we just don't know. Okay, cool. That's right. And so I grabbed Vajmelka to close off goalie. Uh, that was honestly the last goalie I'm comfortable with taking. So, you know, uh, yeah. I'm waiting to see out of San Jose and Montreal and Chicago. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was literally trying to say this, and I think I just stopped. But, like, you're not worried about Connor Ingram at all. Like, he seemed like he was good. No, no I'm more okay. worried about Provsetsfav or whatever the hell that dude's name is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivan uh, Prots- yeah. Yeah, Provsetsvav or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think Vichmelko gets traded, honestly, too. Like, that would make sense. They kind of signed Ingram. They have, um, yeah. I kind of think Arizona will be more competitive than they will be, like, trading everyone, you know, to to, to tank for um, whoever. So, Uh, we'll see. Uh, Kadri, Coronado, just, I took Kadri, screwed up, should have taken Anderson first. And once I took Kadri, I'm like, well, I think Coronado plays in the top six, so... Um, might as well yeah, just aspects and just see, you know, see what happens there. Um, because I wasn't taking Hannafin or Uyghur personally, and then I talked about Hernick already, so uh, yeah, feel pretty okay. pretty good about that. Um, I don't love getting Leon, like, honestly, I think I'd rather get a seven spot and just take the best wing 
available there. But um, you know, if I miss Matthews, obviously I'll I'll take Leon and McKinnon and try and work my way out of it from there. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I feel like we're going way too long, so I yeah. might fly a little bit faster. But yeah, Joda went with uh, McKinnon, Chesterkin, Pedersen, which I at first I was like, oh boy, this is getting off the rails. But then followed up with Panarin, Evander, and then you made it all better by taking Panarin. He, not not normally my favorite first winger off the board for any team. I gotta admit it, but you know what? At least it was three wingers, and I'm like, he's off and running. Uh, Demko and Chesterkin is pretty pretty baller. Um, I do like it. I think a little bit weak at wing at this point and did follow it up. Uh, it's a little bit later, but Quinn Hughes and Morrissey bought it. Like, again, I think this is kind of like grabbing the stacks rather than grabbing what you might need for uh, constructing uh, or allocating your buckets as we're calling them of resources. Taylor Hall, Mark Shifley, Lekkanen. Again, uh, you're noticing some stacks in this mix some some Winnipeg, some Colorado um, and Vancouver Last defense in was Vince Dunn and then finished with three straight wingers, Wheeler, Everly, and Taylor Radish. A little risky, but you know what? Taylor Radish, it, I think he led that. I'm actually positive he led uh, Trago in goals last year. Don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Paul, who I don't think was listening because he started messaging in the group um, and that we're in and being like, wow, I guess I'm in an MSP draft. And I'm like, well, you're not <laughs> listening. So hopefully you're going to listen to this uh, the next day and be like, oops. Uh, he started Matt the Chuck, Kyle Connor, and Alex Debrinket. I know Matt's not as high on Debrinket, but honestly, I think in this is sort of like where the winger dead zone, if you will, exists after Hyman, which Hyman also, you could argue, isn't really in the top end winger. It's kind of the next tier down. Um, but the Chuck, Connor, and Debrinket all have big upside. He gets Connor Bedard at 44. I think that's a pretty good spot for him. Falls for the uh, Mortz Cider conspiracy to go with Debrinket, but I guess if that's what you're going to do and you're going to bet on Debrinket scoring 40, Momo probably comes along, and so does Dylan Larkin, who he also takes. Just hoovering up all of the men in Detroit. That is the definition of an alpha stack right there. It is, I guess, it is the alpha stack. We have to give it to him, but I, yeah, I think Detroit... Um, anyways, uh, Anichuk has the first goalie feels a little bit too thin for my liking. Um, not really sure what could have been fixed there, though, because... I guess I guess taking Jari. Ottinger, yeah, or Ottinger Hellebuxaros over to bring it, or yeah, Jari. Um, yeah. Where why am I blind? Oh, Jari gets over him. Yeah, I would taking Jari over Vanich. I could call. Um, Claude Giroux is next. Then Freddie Anderson, which we've also kind of discussed being a little bit low on. For Hagee, comes in for center number three. Chikrin, who I do like a lot, and I guess I get with Claude Giroux because who knows what the power plays are going to be there, but whatever. Versus Lincolns, I think he kind of had to bite on a third goalie at this point, so probably best available. Um, yeah, best available. Perron to go with more Detroit. Got to have them all. Got to catch them all. David Perron goes in there. You took Lucas Raymond. Aaron Ekblad, Lucas Reichel, definitely a fair take to go with Connor Bedard and finishes it with Alexei Lafreniere, who I've talked up already. Don't need to go over more. Next, uh, I'm not positive I know who Shanks is, but maybe I do. I don't really hate the idea of going Jack Hughes, Tage Thompson to start, um, but definitely would have gotten to winger a lot earlier. I see them went Ottinger, Dougie Hamilton, and Adam Fox. I think if you're starting wing with Jesper Bratt, you're, you're getting a bit too far behind. You cannot take JT Miller with those. Yeah, two J, JT just... Miller just just couldn't go there at that rate. And then Boost Navich, Kemper, Mark Stone, again, just not really building up enough upside at wing. Dobson and Nurse. Um, I didn't need to go for a defenseman probably. Yeah. Jamie Ben, 
yeah, really uh, who's who's of who we didn't want to draft. Kopitar, completely oh, unnecessary at that rate. I, I really think I would have gone with any yeah. other winger available, primarily not as a Kopitar. Um, Logan Thompson, don't oh, hate yeah. the idea there, but didn't need to. And then Nino needed a writer. Maybe my favorite winger you took all day. So your wing room is Jesper Bratt, Bushnevich, Stone, Ben, and Nino Niederreiter. Holy crap. Okay. I, yeah. yeah. Is, and it's it, we're going to war with, fellas. I do think the Jack Hughes taste off the start can work. I think you could do yeah, that and yeah, not absolutely. draft the center again to like the last round. And like yeah. you could definitely make it out of there alive. Mm-hmm. But it just, it, it, like you could have probably even taken Ottinger, but you just needed to rattle off like six wingers straight. Like no worries. Uh, next, David Pasternak at seventh with Mitch Marner, Connor Hellebuck, Clayton Keller. Love that start right there. Um, you know, one person actually asked me today, if you had to rate boldly, let's say boldly Keller and Fiala, are you you thinking this order is correct, boldly first, then Keller, then Fiala, or are you sort of maybe indifferent? Yeah, I'm going to have probably four times as much boldly as Keller and Fiala combined. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, I, 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 I've just not gotten enough boldly because I feel like every room I get into, I I'm like, oh, this is, are... this is where I'm going to grab boldly. And he just keeps going yeah. just before I can get him. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty micro take, I think, on my part. But um, yeah, I do believe that there's a pretty big difference in what the upside for Boldy looks like versus what it looks like for Fiala. Um, and then Keller, I just don't know if the infrastructure is there for him to have a truly, you know, top 10 wing position, whereas Boldy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Zuccarello just has to disappear. And, you know, uh, Zuccarello's old and Zuccarello's not mm-hmm. quite what he used to be. Um, and boldly could absolutely erupt with Kaprizov. So, um, yeah. So, getting yeah. back to, I never said his name, but uh, I don't know. Freaking right now, I have thirty-six. Sorry, I have thirty-six percent boldly, five percent Keller, and ten uh, percent Fiala. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so much higher right now on Forsberg, Gaudreau, and Caulfield that like I'm way too low on all those guys just because they were going later than all of them to start, and now it's kind of all coming together. Um, I could pull up original ADPs, but yeah, like Boldly, Keller, and Fiala were all going like in the 30s, and Forsberg was going in like the 50s and 60s. So I was kind of like just waiting a bit on those guys who I know would fall back, and um, it's all going to work out perfectly for me because I'm a perfect drafter. Anyways, back to this team of C. Cackley, um, or just Cackley. Pasternak, Marner, Hellebach, Keller, Point, Hedman, Tavares. I, I'm just all, all coming up good. Jonathan Huberto at 90. I, gu- I guess if he's going to slip like 15 picks past ADP, like whatever, um, might might actually sh- should go later than that even. Yeah, I Markstrom. 75. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I still, I don't yeah, know. I think, I think, I think, I, I think listen, if he would have got to me at 96, I, I will say he was in my queue for the 96 spot. Yeah. It was like, Huberto at first. Huberto yeah. is Panarin. Like you're not getting yeah. what you, you know, what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, but just like on a worse team, that's gonna he's just gonna get less points than Panarin by like an okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Coronado's gonna come in and fix it. You're right. That's good draw. Matt, the truck. They, they have defense. You know, like they, they're. I'm not they're even saying Calgary could make the playoffs. I'm just saying like to think that they have the same offensive upside is, I think, a little bit thin. But I mean, okay, but also Gidrow you know, <laughs> Like, you know what? Honestly, that might make up for Matt the Chuck. Um, that just does it itself. No, I did. Taylor Flutter is a complete buffoon. He needed to go 
before they even hired him. Um, yeah, someone else mentioning that. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely had to do it. Okay, and you know what? They, as they went on, they took Markstrom, Huberto, so kind of just building out a little bit of the Calgary bet, which, like I'm saying, I don't think is wrong. I think the team is better than they were last year, but I still think, yeah, Huberto at 90s, I think that's correct. And I think, you know, I also think Panarin should probably be going in the 60s or 70s, um, if not, you know, mid, mid to late 70s. So uh, Shea Theodore, Chris Letang, uh, again, he slides way down the board right now, so whatever. Riley Smith, Bjorkstrand, Lindholm, Swayman, and Schmaltz. So I think he did go four centers, but yeah. I guess start start with three of the four, four wings, whatever. Uh, next team, uh, Burge, uh, you know, he's in here watching unless he already left, which I think, you know, makes sense. We've gone on, we've grown down for an hour and 40 minutes about math. Um, in Timo Mayer, Rasmus Ali, Matt Boldy, Jeff Skinner. I mean, try to find a fault there. You just, you simply can't. Linus Olmark as the first goalie might be the first thing where it's like, eh, I guess, but um, yeah, I mean, he won the Vezina last year, right? Whatever. Uh, makes it up. I guess you can't really fault it too much. He's fallen back down to about where he should be going. Maybe it's not a touch later. Nico Hishier coming in as your first center to go with Timo Mayer. Fair enough. I mean, he's good enough last year to deserve it. Sergachev to go with, okay, no one. That's fine. I don't know why I thought you had someone. Devin What's Levi. That? Wait, what? Got to get that Swiss stack in there. The Timo Nico. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No doubter. Um, so Olmark and Levi, I just I wonder if, that, if there's enough starts to go around there in those two, but it's not like it couldn't happen. You know, we just don't know. But I think taking both of those, we just don't know. So it's a little bit. I'm a little hesitant myself. Uh, Zuccarello to go with boldly, um, as you kind of mentioned, they could maybe. You know, I think they could help each other, especially on the power play. Uh, then Dylan Cousins, Joel Eriksson, building out more Minnesota, also building out Buffalo a little bit with mm-hmm. Valine Skinner and Cousins, Rana, Bavillier, and the flower himself, Mark Andre Fleury. I almost wonder. Oh, Gustafson was gone. Never mind. I was like, I need to Gustafson over Omar with all that, but that's fine. Okay, really good team. No notes. Cool Caprice. Oh, for Scott Craig. I don't want to disrespect our another uh, morning skate pod uh day oneer if i recall correctly Kirill kaprizov tim stutzel andre spesnikov i know we're both a touch lower than spesnikov but around the 33 mark and in, in, in the draft that was going to be winger dominated i have no faults in it uh georgiev uh, a guy that i was kind of hoping would slip to me at 48 so i get it definitely a goalie that i swung in my son last year and i think i'm just automatically queuing up more because I don't want to miss again. Uh, Sebastian Ajo for center to go with Sveshnikov. Brent Burns to build off more of that Carolina. You might as well get them all. Takes Nugent Hopkins, uh, Batherson, Huso, Bennington. Oh, I missed Malkin. Malkin, Bennington. So goalies were Georgiev, Huso, Bennington. Very much building a you know a bit more higher class goalie category, which again in our drafts was going to be difficult. Um, Rust, Morgan Riley, Drew Doughty, Michael Bunting, and Atkinson. So adding another piece of that Carolina, adding another piece of real you know, Rust Balkan to the mix for Pittsburgh. So some nice stacking there. Um, anything for that? I mean, whenever you can jam in Ken Atkinson, I guess you just got to do it. Yeah, yeah, little little bit odd like, on the last. I mean, day. one of one of the unknowns going into the season for sure. Like if he's yeah. if he's twenty seventeen Ken Atkinson, then for sure. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, he's really he's viable in the last in round. The I, yeah, I think I think so yeah, like, viable in the last round kind of guy. But like, yeah, I just I, I don't just see, would rather bet. Yeah, um, I don't see how he overtakes Tippett and uh, connecting at this point where it's kind of no. the problem is 
for me. I don't see where he's the, the alpha on a bad team. So, like, what's the upside? I don't know. Anyway, I mean, last yeah, round. Yeah, we are got Yeah. Um, I mean, I know who this is, too, and it's not a freaking blank kind of, but... Uh, Nick. Nick in the Discord. Yes, Nick in the Discord. Yeah, I was like, why? Uh, but Jakar Samson, I don't know. Yeah, former, former St. John's basketball player. Um, I believe I asked him about it, and it was something to do with NBA. Or oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I've, I've always found that weird. I'm like, huh, like, who, who is that guy? And then I learned it was one of our own. I'm like, oh, wow, that's uh, an interesting name given 2013 St. John's was like their peak and I was in school there. And like, you know, he was a star on the team and everything. So I was kind of like, huh. Um, anyway. Leave it to Matt to talk about his college basketball team that no one else cares about. That's my job. Okay. I mean, so. I mean, one of ours plays in Madison Square Garden. And the others plays in only in New York. So yeah, literal Narnia level amazing place. I know <laughs> it doesn't really exist on a map. You have to you have to believe in it to find it. I know. Uh, so, anyways, our friend Nick, Brady the Chuck, Alex Ovechkin. Again, tough to find an issue there. I do wonder, Tim Stutzel, let let him go by. Are you interested in just that Brady Stutzel start, or are you thinking that's just gonna be that kind of too common? I haven't been able to get it. I I want to I want to mess with it. I want to try it because getting two wings I think is huge. Mm-hmm. So like you know mm-hmm. that that I think would kill it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I no, I, yeah. So certainly don't have a problem with it either. I just yeah, when it when it comes to you there, it's kind of like. But then again, yeah. you just pass Ovi. You're passing. I don't think up it really matters, game. especially when you take Brady first, because like Brady's basically the Jake Truba of the first round where like he, he's going to near a thousand underdog points if he stays healthy just because he hits everything that moves and he jams and shoots yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Anyways though, so the Chuck Ovechkin and Saros, Zabinijad, Rupa Hints, Marcheso, um, John Carlson to go with Ovi makes quite a bit of sense. Um, Konechny, Raquel, still no faults in anything really here. Marcheso and Petrangelo, always a good time. Um, Gibson and Grubauer, so that would build out the Soros, Gibson, Grubauer. I think that's yeah, John Gibson. That's definitely the uh, I want the most possible starts, I think, type of, of build with goalie, which I have no problem with at all. Um, Sam Reinhardt to close out the center group of Zabin and Jad Hintz and Reinhardt, Duclair, a guy that I normally try to grab in the last round or what, whatnot, gone. He listens to me, he gets it. Yeah, he always, we, we already talked about Sharpie is takes McKenzie Weaver, makes perfect sense to me. And then Andrew Mangiapani. Yeah, Duclair has been soaring up draft boards. Um, yeah, so I think our, our, the, the 14th now. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. the unfortunate reality of people following sharp people like me and you. Uh, yeah. You just you can't get them forever. Um, final two, you've made it this far. Thank you for donating your time. Jason Robertson, Kale McCarr, Sidney Crosby, Eric Carlson. I mean, maybe didn't need to do it, but I get it. You know, it's very tempting when you get Crosby, it dips a little bit. You grab Carlson, um, and, and you hopefully waited on D. Yeah, waited on D quite a bit of time. So, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Gustafson, and Jari. So, building out a little more Pittsburgh. Um, fun times. Tarasenko, Bertuzzi, Nertushkin, Pavelski, uh, yeah, so Crosby, Pavelski, only centers right now. Adding a little bit more of the Robertson and Pavelski look. Probably where I take Pavelski if I'm going to take him at all. Shabbat, I probably would have waited myself and just grabbed Brian Russ. Like, you already started building some of that Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Maybe just go all the way. I, I, I probably would have done that myself. Um, Cam Talbot, so that's goalie. already said that's kind of my bet as well. I know Matt doesn't agree, but we're allowed to disagree on this show. Um, so I get it. 
if Cam Talbot is what you know LA is going to go, go go and use, which that's my thought. Gusev Sinjari and uh, Talbot could be very useful. I'm not touching Patrick Kane. I wouldn't take him at 192. Just going to say it every time. Um, take him if you want. Matt Beniers makes perfect sense to me. Guy's good. And Kaliev um, to go with Pierre Dubois. Yeah. So who knows if that happens? But Kaliev is definitely a guy I've taken in the last round. Yep. All, all good by me. You know, I'm also not touching Patrick Kane whatsoever because they're so guaranteed he even plays this season. But, you know, that's uh, there is some uncertainty there. There is, you know, some upside with that. I so. will, yeah. If he is going to play early in the season, I'll take him with all my last 20, 20 drafts. If, if he's, if he's playing on the second line with Dylan Cousins and JJ Paterka in Buffalo, you know, while Jack wins out, there you go. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think both of them this time. Anyways, last one is Wookie, who was here. He was enjoying his time up until we joined the draft room, and he got 12. Uh, he started with Kucherov, and I got to tell you, I'm shaking my head to Barkov. And, and, yeah, he, he must have queued him up and for whatever reason, and, you know, and there you go. Or or what? or he uploaded a 2022 draft rankings. Um, mm, yeah. Barkov was a top pick last year, so, hey. So unfortunate, but gets a unique combo start there and also <laughs> probably is going to be the high end of the Barkov drafters and moves them up the boards even higher in the future. Thank yeah, you for your service. So Kucherov, Barkov, Forsberg, Goudreau, Stamkos, Line. I mean, really no problem. You get Goudreau, Line. You get Kucherov, Stamkos. I think the Barkov pick, he's probably kicking the wall right now that he didn't take Ovi or Makar. But alas, um, uh, oh, yeah. Did use yep, we have whole draft rankings. Um Montour to, to go with uh Barkov, you know, save it. Gotta save it. Uh Corpusalo and Aiden Hill is the first two goalies, I guess, at that rate. It was time. It was time to grab someone. You 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 gotta get going there. Um Troy Terry, Seth Jones, Ryan Hartman, Devin Taves, uh Tanner Janot, Boone yep. Jenner, and Montembo. So yeah, anything here? I mean, I think the Barkov thing, obviously. Was- no, great, great job, everyone. Um, you know, uh, thank you for giving us stuff to talk about. Um, always enjoy uh, being able to just load it up and say, let's draft, and then we draft. It, it's, a, it's amazing. I remember last year we waited like 40 minutes once for one to start. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, really, we are over, over 20% with 56 yeah. days. I mean, that uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, not much else I really need to say other than it's been it's been good. It's been really good. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. <clears throat> I think anything's changed for you, but um, uh, yeah, anything nope. else really? Well, All good. Uh, nope, nothing, nothing here. So. Art- article coming for sure. Yes, uh, yeah. our Twitters are on the screen uh, at Fake Moods and at the Adrenalist Mitchell ninety four. Follow the podcast at Morningscape Pod. Uh, DM one of us or the podcast account to get in the Discord. Uh, we've got over 350 members in there now. Uh, just, I mean, every day people are coming in. I think the best ball stuff is actually taken off. Um, so, you know, it's nice to see that. Uh, well, I think there's just a lot of hockey fans that are out there that, and like, I just kept telling underdog this stuff. And then once, yeah, well, yeah I don't really, I don't know if like what made it click so hard. I mean, cause last year, Eric, you know, filled and everything, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the catalyst has been, but this is like, I'm, I, I'm not even tweeting about it so far because it's just been like so good. I don't want to like slow the momentum. Like, it, it has been pretty crazy to see. Mm-hmm. I, 
I really don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just, again, like people see the success that many of us had in just like golf and baseball kind of grew. And it's sort of like just all of it combined. It's like, why am I going to do home leagues anymore? Yeah. But I can just, uh, you know. Yeah. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to follow our podcast um, account. And if you're on the pod, make sure you follow uh, the YouTube that um, this video is linked to. It'll be in the description. You know, you can go back and forth, but um, just make sure you don't miss anything. Buckluck.com, sign up for the year. A lot lot of stuff coming there. There's plenty of things that will be get announced and we'll go over it. The rankings are really good. And then you won't use last year's rankings. You use this year's rankings, which (laughs) can help some drafters. I don't want to name any names. Um, MSP code for underdog fantasy if you're not signed up and you're listening or watching this i'd be absolutely perplexed um unless if you're in a state that doesn't have it yes um like me let's get out of here thank you all okay thank you all for listening uh and watching from doug from dj from my cat right there and from myself continue having a good best ball draft season everyone and we will see you